Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we start with, well, looking back at a, a pretty tough Orioles loss as they fall 10-0 to the Mariners on Tuesday night. I'll get you the five things you need to know from a pretty rough Orioles L. Then... We take a look at another Orioles top prospect because Adley Rutschman has been in the big leagues for about 10 days now. So next up is Grayson Rodriguez. And I try and answer the question, when will Grayson Rodriguez make his major league debut for the Orioles? And then finally, a little talk about Zach Lowther, who made his 2022 first big league appearance out of the bullpen on Tuesday night to some mixed results, but it started up a conversation uh, among Orioles fans that I wanted to address about why Lowther got this chance on Tuesday night. But we'll get to all of that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're talking Orioles Mariners, we're talking Grayson Rodriguez, and we're talking Zach Lau. They're all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Orioles listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. And before we get started, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Of course, we're free and available on all podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. If you could give a five-star rating and a review on those apps, it would really help. And of course, we're right here on YouTube on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Subscribers continue to grow. We thank you so much for that. Like, comment, subscribe to the videos. And in terms of the audio listens in the month of May as we hit June, most listened to month in Locked On Orioles history was here in May 2022 after the last record was April of 2022. So I have all of you to thank so much for that. And thanks for bearing with us. A little bit of technical difficulties on Tuesday's episode. Uh, took a while for the audio version, version to get out towards the afternoon, but we're back running all good audio and video side. But thanks again for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, let's start with the Orioles and the Mariners. Game one of a three-game series at Camden Yards is the Orioles return home after an 11-game little stint uh, against some AL East teams and you know playing eight games on the road and, well, didn't start great for the Orioles. They fall 10-0 to the Seattle Mariners on Tuesday night. Uh, kind of a, a disappointing and just deflating and not a lot of energy in this loss just from the jump. And and they were starting behind the eight ball because of the pitching, which we'll get to. But the Orioles, at the end of the day, they lose the game 10-0. And, uh, you know, with the loss, they end up falling to now 21-30 and on the season. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from that Orioles loss, which, you know, they could have finished the month at 500, but with the loss, 
They go 14 and 16 in the month of May. Not bad after they went 5 and 24 in May back in 2021. But the first thing you need to know from this one is that, uh, well, Zach Lowther certainly pitched in bulk to some very much varying results. Lowther came into the game after being called up on Tuesday. Cody Sedlock was optioned to AAA Norfolk to make room for Lowther on the roster. And Zach, who hasn't had a lot of success in AAA this year, we'll get to that later in the episode, but he goes five and a third innings, allowing six runs, five earned on eight hits, one strikeout, and two walks, throws 100 pitches in relief, getting those 16 outs that he got, uh, 13 hard-hit balls against Lowther. Yeah, it wasn't great, and especially wasn't great early. He came into the game with two on in a one nothing game in the second. Three runs ended up scoring. And then he allowed four runs in the third. But after that, he really did settle down. And and he allowed one more run in the seventh. But he ended up retiring 12 of the final 14 batters that he faced in this game. And yes, it was 8-0 Seattle early by the time he kind of settled in and pitched well. But at the end of the day, he really ate innings at an important time for the Orioles where they were basically going with a bullpen game Tuesday because of the five-game series and the built-in doubleheader Saturday in Boston. They didn't really have a starter ready to go for... Tuesday night, they went bullpen game, and even though Lowther didn't pitch well, at least he threw 100 pitches, at least he ate five and a third out of the bullpen, and it allowed the Orioles to only use uh, one other reliever after him, and Marcos Duplan, who did a nice job in inning and a third scoreless with two strikeouts, but at the very least, that was a nice job by Lowther, but we'll get to him a lot more later in the episode. Second thing you need to know from this one is that Brian Baker may be headed to AAA, sooner rather than later. Baker got the start in this game. It was actually his second start of the season in an Orioles bullpen game. The last time he did it was the final game in St. Louis a couple weeks ago where Baker pitched into the third inning, pitched very well. He was scoreless, and the Orioles ended up winning that bullpen game to take the series from the Cardinals. Well, really, since that appearance in St. Louis... Baker has not been good. Actually, since that day, basically, it's been a disaster for him. And and that kind of continued on Tuesday night. He goes an inning and two-thirds, or an inning and one-third, I should say, in his start, allowing three runs on two hits, a strikeout, and a walk. He threw 29 pitches, only two hard-hit balls, but his ERA is now up to 5.66 on the season for the right-hander Baker, who, of course, came over on waivers from the Blue Jays this offseason and pitched really well early out of the pen, but he has struggled lately. In his seven appearances since that really strong, you know, opener start in St. Louis, in the last seven appearances since then, it's been eight and a third innings of work for Baker. He has allowed 19 base runners in those eight and a third innings. That is not a good number whatsoever. That is a whip over two. In his last seven appearances, the ERA skyrocketing as well. Yet didn't help that Lowther, you know, let the two inherited runners score in the second inning on Tuesday night. So it upped the earned runs for Baker. But still, he's just, you know, he's throwing a little harder. The fastball is is up towards 95. But at the end of the day, the stuff just does not look as crisp. And really his issue, the command of his stuff, especially that fastball, is really concerning. Yes, the velo's up. He's he was at averaging 96, topped out at 98, and the cutter velo is up. You know, it's up to, to 88, topping out at 90. But he he's not commanding those pitches very well, and he's throwing a lot more four seamers than we've seen, and it's not working. So uh, we may see him optioned to AAA pretty soon. I would honestly guess to say 
that as soon as Nick Vespi is eligible to come back to the big leagues, it's 15 days, I believe, since he was sent down last Saturday. So this weekend, we could see Baker go down to AAA and maybe even earlier than that. Third thing you need to know, let's keep it with the pitching. The Orioles used a position player on the mound for the first time this season, and I got to give props to Chris Owings, who pitched the top of the ninth inning in a 9-0 game and probably had his biggest contribution, sadly, to the Orioles so far this season. Now, Owings did give up a run in the ninth, but he only threw 10 pitches, allows one run on two hits, no Ks, no walks, and uh, got out of the inning, allowing just one run. That is a huge win when you throw a position player out there. And for Owings, it was it was pretty funny to watch because he started off throwing those big, you know, looping fastballs, I should say, in parentheses, where he was averaging 56 miles an hour. His slowest pitch was 48.7 miles per hour. That was the first pitch he threw in the inning. But he also threw a pitch at 93, and he threw a couple of pitches where he really fired him in there, you know, at, at you know, I should, 893, threw it at 83, uh, where he fired a couple in there in the, in the high 70s and low 80s. But at the end of the day, listen, he got out of an inning at 10 pitches, only gave up one run. Sadly, that's the best thing he's done for the Orioles this year because he's hitting just over 100, and I don't know why he's still on the team. Maybe it's the pitch. Maybe that's why he's still on the team. Maybe he's going to Chris Davis it and then become a, a pitcher. Or maybe he's going to Stevie Wilkerson this and become the position player pitcher. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that uh, the offense mm, did not do much. Held scoreless in this one, shut out for just the fourth time this year. Got just five hits. Really the only guy who had a good day was Anthony Santander. He was the only Oriole with a multi-hit game. Santander with a two-for-four with a couple of singles, had three hard-hit balls on the day, really swung the bat well, and was really the only Oriole to swing it well. The only other guy with multiple hard-hit balls was Cedric Mullins, who still ended up with an 0-for-4 and a strikeout on the day. The O's only had one extra base hit. It was a Ramon Arias double in the fifth inning. Just didn't get anything going. George Kirby, the rookie righty for Seattle, was really good. Six scoreless with eight strikeouts. And the O's just just, just were, were flat in this game. And, and that brings me to the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one. Is that, you know, the Orioles have played much better baseball recently. Just went 6-5 and five in an 11-game stretch against the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox. Just went 14-16 and 16 in May. That's pretty good. You know, had a chance to go 500 in May had they won Tuesday night. But when you still look at the roster and you still look at you know, some of the pitching situations, and you still look at the fact that they are still in this rebuild. Games like this are still going to happen. And remember, they did lose 12-2 to in Boston on Sunday. And it, yeah, it felt good to come back and win 10 nothing Monday night to win the series. But this is two out of three blowout losses now after losing 10 nothing on Tuesday night. So hopefully the O's, they get back to a regular starting pitcher and can bounce back on Wednesday. But they do fall to 21-30 and with the 10 nothing loss to Seattle in the series opener. But, you know, in, in terms of not getting blown out, something that helps, obviously, is having a, a true starting pitcher. And the O's basically went with a bullpen game on Tuesday night. But the O's rotation, hopefully soon, will be getting another reinforcement in the face of the top pitching prospect in baseball in Grayson Rodriguez. To me, he seems ready to go in terms of the big leagues. But the question is, when will he make his major league debut? We'll try to answer that question here on the pod coming up next. But first, 
got to tell you about BlueNile.com. Because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Orioles listeners, you get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. So use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So the Orioles fall to the Mariners 10-0 on Tuesday night to drop the opener in the series. But many, you know, talked about how it was a bullpen game. And, you know, could it have been Grayson Rodriguez that came up and, and started that game instead? Well, to start out, no. He, he would have been on short rest. He was not making his Major League debut on short rest. But the question continues to become, well, when is Grayson Rodriguez, the top pitching prospect in baseball, going to make his major league debut. And my answer is soon, but let's try to figure out when exactly that game could be for the Orioles. So first of all, let's start with when Grayrod pitches next. And actually, that's tonight. He will be pitching for the Norfolk Tides tonight and will be making his 11th AAA start of the season. Now, so far on the season, just been absolutely dominant. Probably the best pitcher in AAA baseball this year. In his 10 starts for the Tides, he has a 2.40 ERA in 50 and a third innings. Rodriguez has allowed just 31 hits. He struck out 76 batters. That's 13.6 Ks per nine. Walked just 14 batters in 50 innings and has allowed just one home run all season. And the stuff's been great, and he's coming off maybe his best start as an Orioles minor leaguer. He matched his career high with seven innings pitched, Back on the 27th against AAA Gwinnett, the Braves affiliate. Seven scoreless innings, two hits, 10 strikeouts, no walks, and a career-high 88 pitches in that one for Grayson Rodriguez. Orioles said they were, you know, apparently, according to Andy Koska of the Baltimore Sun, trying to build him up to 95 pitches on that last start. Only got to 88, but still threw seven scoreless with 10 strikeouts. He's seemingly ready. Not seemingly. He is ready for the big leagues. And I talk about, you know, the 10 starts this year for Grayrod that have been so great. I mean, he's been almost untouchable in his last five starts. I mean, talk about a guy earning a promotion. Last five starts for Grayson Rodriguez, 28 and two-thirds innings, you know, just shy of six innings per start. Just 14 hits allowed and just three runs allowed. That's a 0.94 ERA in his last five starts. And in those 28 and two-thirds innings, 43 strikeouts to just nine walks in that stretch for Rodriguez. He is ready to go. Fastball is good. Upper 90s with velocity. Changeup looks incredible. The breaking stuff is getting better and better. He's ready to pitch in the big leagues. He's the top pitching prospect in baseball for a reason. He's dominating AAA in his first 10 starts ever at AAA for a reason. He's been ready to go for a couple of weeks, but he is certainly ready to go 
right now. When I did my initial prediction episode, when I mostly predicted when Adley would come up, but talked about Grayrod and D.L. Hall, I figured the Orioles would stagger their debuts with Adley coming first, and then Rodriguez, and then Hall would come last. And my initial prediction was actually right around now. I thought Rodriguez might come up this weekend against the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland comes into town for three games, and I thought this Saturday might be the day. Now, that's not going to line up, obviously, because Rodriguez is going to pitch Wednesday night, so no way he'd be ready to pitch any of the three games this weekend against Cleveland. But his next start for Norfolk, if he would stay there, would be scheduled for Tuesday night. Of course, you know, the other four starters in Norfolk would pitch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every Monday is an off day in the minors, and then Grayrod would go Tuesday. Well, the Orioles also have an off day on Monday and then have a game on Tuesday. Now, if you're wondering when this kind of fake spot in the rotation comes up, well, it's not exactly going to come up again. You know, w- what the Orioles had to do Tuesday night with using Brian Baker and then Zach Lowther, it only came up because they had, you know, the five games in four days with the doubleheader in Boston and didn't get an off day after that. Because of that kind of weird scheduling, They didn't have a starter to use, but they're going to get back to their normal rotation over the next five days, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Orioles will have a regular starting pitcher. Then they will get the off day Monday, which will be huge, and it will set up Tuesday for the O's to be kind of back on their regular rotation. But when you really think about it, they may not be, because they'll still be without Spencer Watkins, who's on the injured list and has barely started throwing at this point. And, you know, they called up Denny Reyes to make one of those starts Saturday. He is now back in AAA. Cody Sedlock is back in AAA. And I haven't heard anything yet as I record here just after 10 p.m. Eastern time. But we're all assuming that Zach Lowther probably will also be back in AAA. So the O's are still most likely going to need a starter. And it seems like Tuesday could be the day. They need that starter. That is Tuesday, June 7th, as the Chicago Cubs come into town for a quick two-game series, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 7th and 8th, against the Cubs for a couple games at Camden Yards. Wouldn't that be quite a time? It would set him up on his regular rest because he would pitch Tuesday night in AAA anyway, so he wouldn't have to switch up any of his regular routine so far in Norfolk. He could you know, start on Wednesday night. He could stay with the Tides throughout the week. The Tides and the Orioles both have an off day Monday, so he could travel to Baltimore on Monday, get himself settled in the city, meet the teammates. Obviously, he knows a lot of them already. And then get himself fully ready to go, be in Baltimore Tuesday morning to pitch against the Cubs Tuesday night. It seems almost too good to be true. And maybe the Orioles want to stretch him out a little more. But if Grayson Rodriguez here tonight on Wednesday night throws, you know, North of 90 pitches, my official prediction is Tuesday, June 7th against the Cubs. He'll be making his debut. And certainly, I will be in the ballpark if that is the case for Grayson Rodriguez. And if he did do that, he would start his career against the Cubs, who these are not your World Series winning Cubs. This is kind of a struggling offense, so it would be you know, kind of a soft landing. His second start then would come in Kansas City against the Royals, one of the worst offenses in baseball. That would be huge. And then he would come back home for another home start against the Rays, who, yes, are a good team. But the Rays are the most injured team in baseball right now, which would make it a little bit of a softer matchup for Grayrod in what would be his third start. 
You get to start him at home. You get to, you know, announce it on Monday with the mutual off day between AAA and the majors. You get people to buy tickets, come to the ballpark. It seems like it would be a, a good time to do it. Now, if the O's don't do it Tuesday, we may have to wait a little bit because I figure, like they did with Adley, they're going to want Grayson Rodriguez to debut at home. It just makes too much sense with ticket sales and the buzz around the ballpark. So we'd probably have to wait until the O's come back home. After they play that two-game series against the Cubs, they go on the road for a couple series before coming back on Friday, June 17th for to start a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. It probably wouldn't be until that weekend that Grayrod would pitch again. And that would certainly be a little disappointing, I would say. I mean, he would probably be scheduled to pitch right around that weekend. So maybe one day in that Rays series, June 17th, 18th, or 19th. But I'm going to say, give us Grayrod Tuesday the 7th and keep this momentum rolling with the prospects coming up, performing well. He's too good for AAA. He's the top pitching prospect in baseball. Put Grayson Rodriguez in the majors and do it on Tuesday. Make tonight in Norfolk his last minor league start and get him to the big leagues next week. And hopefully that is what the Orioles do. But of course the O's, they couldn't have called him up to pitch on Tuesday night with you know the O's needing a starter. He would have been on short rest. And uh, you're never going to have a guy make his major league debut on short rest. That is a huge no-no. So the O's had to do with kind of a... a, a cobbled together bullpen game with Brian Baker. And then, of course, Zach Lowther pitching in balk in five and a third innings. And I saw many Orioles fans talking about how Zach Lowther didn't really earn that, you know, balk roll and earn the call up. And maybe that's true because he's really struggled at AAA this year. But many were kind of writing off how good Lowther was at times in the minors before and how he really showed flashes at the majors last year. So coming up after this, just wanted to address the Zach Lowther situation, why he got the chance he did you know, how good he has been in the past and what his future holds with the Orioles after a pretty rough outing on Tuesday night. But first, got to tell you about betonline.net, the top spot for any sports better to get anything they could possibly need. You need the lines on any game. How about the NHL playoffs into the conference finals? How about the NBA finals starting up tomorrow night between the Warriors and the Celtics? How about, of course, the Major League Baseball season? College softball. How about the Women's College World Series starting on Thursday? How about the Men's NCAA Tournament in Baseball? The Regional starting on Friday with my Terps hosting a Regional for the first time ever. Get all the odds and the lines you need at betonline.net. But you can also go check the score. You can get your sports news. You can get injury news. You can even listen to podcasts just like this one at betonline.net. It's truly the place to go for all your sports wagering needs. So head to the website either on your computer or your mobile device, to get in on all the action. At betonline.net, where the game starts. So, of course, the big story from Tuesday night, and a stinker of a game, a 10-0 loss for the Orioles against the Mariners, is that Zach Lowther made his 2022 Orioles debut. Came up, pitched kind of poorly in relief. He did go five and a third innings and really saved the bullpen. Throws 100 pitches. And ends up allowing, you know, six runs. And the stuff really wasn't great from Lowther on Tuesday night. You know, we saw similar stuff to what we've seen in the past. But 
probably honestly a tick down from that. I mean, he threw 52% fastballs, 20% changeups, 20% sliders, and 8% curveballs. Only got five whiffs on 40 swings, five whiffs on 100 pitches. His fastball was in the strike zone a lot, but it was getting hit a lot. You know, the velo was right around where it usually is, 91 to 92. Is trying to throw the, the change up to righties and the slider to lefties like he usually does to kind of minimal success because of the command issues that he had. And it, it just wasn't obviously a great day for his 2022 debut. And many argued that, you know, the Orioles, they needed a balk pitcher on Tuesday, they had Cody Sedlock on the roster, but because he had thrown 50-plus pitches Sunday, the O's were never going to use him Tuesday night. So they optioned him, and they brought up basically the easiest option they could have brought up because Lowther has starting experience, was fully rested at AAA, and was already on the 40-man roster and had already pitched in the big leagues last year. So he made it the easiest choice. But the reason why you would push back against the choice of Lowther, which is totally valid, is that he had been really, really bad at AAA this season. He had made eight appearances, seven starts at AAA this year before the call-up and had an 8.26 ERA. I mean, it was not good for Lowther pitching for the Tides in 28 and a third innings. He had that 8.26 ERA, had allowed 42 hits. Now, he had struck out 31 batters and walked only 13. Not a terrible ratio, but had allowed five home runs in those eight appearances as well. Just wasn't going well for the 26-year-old lefty who you know, has had previous success in the minors. Now, he was just kind of okay at AAA last year. But remember, you know, my my takeaway from this is that, you know, Lowther got a little bit of a chance in the bigs, mostly at the end of the 2021 season for the Orioles. And my thought is, yeah, he's been really bad at AAA. And I think you're totally valid if you say, you know, Lowther still deserved another shot, but maybe wait till he got going a little bit better at AAA before you gave him that call up. And I totally get that. I just wanted to give the side of the argument of that he was the easiest call-up to make on this day. On the 40-man roster, has had success before, has already pitched in the big leagues, was fully rested at AAA and ready to go. That made it super easy for Lowther to be the guy to call up. I mean, there wasn't any other option that checked off all of those boxes for the Orioles to start or what Lowther did, pitch in bulk in Tuesday night's bullpen game. Many Orioles fans I saw saying, you know, Lowther should have never deserved this appearance right now, which, okay, I get that take. But the take that he never should have deserved any other appearance and never should have gotten back to the big leagues, that's not how you can operate when you're still in a rebuild. And I get, you know, since Adley's come up, the Orioles are playing better baseball and things are starting to change and it's felt good. And, you know, they're playing well against ALE's foes. I get all that. You don't just want to punt a game. The Orioles aren't purposely punting Tuesday night's game, they were in a tough spot because of the five games in four days, the built-in doubleheader due to the lockout meant they needed a sixth starter and because of injuries and other things, didn't really have one for Tuesday night's game against Seattle. So they did what they did with the bullpen game and with Lowther. And yeah, they could have brought up a different option to pitch in bulk, but Lowther, as I said, was by far the easiest one to bring up to not have to do too much roster shuffling for the Orioles. But at the end of the day, I just wanted to address, I don't understand... The take that, you know, Lowther is garbage. He should never get to the big leagues again. The Orioles should have given up on him a long time ago. He just got to the big leagues last year. Remember, he made that relief appearance in May of last year, then went down for a while, then came back up late in the season. First of all, the Orioles spent some solid draft capital on this guy. And it wasn't Mike Elias. He was a Dan Duquette pick. Competitive balance round, 74th overall pick in the 2017 draft out of Xavier. 
came through the O's system, had really good numbers at the low minors. That 2019 season in Bowie, he was great in the rotation, had a 2.55 ERA in AA in 19. And it was so-so numbers in AAA last year. But what he did was he got his chance in the big leagues, and he really showed some flashes for the Orioles and the bigs last year. Now, it was 10 appearances, 6 starts. He had a 6.67 ERA in the majors last year, 29 and two-thirds innings, 36 hits, 30 Ks, 13 walks, and the six homers were an issue. But he had five appearances in September, got five starts for the Orioles, and three of them were really, really promising. Six innings, one run against Kansas City on September 6th. His best one, September 23rd against Texas. Five scoreless innings with seven strikeouts. And then finished his season with a gritty outing against the Red Sox September 29th. Five innings, one run, and four strikeouts. And we thought, you know, Lowther wasn't a lock for the rotation going into 2022. But I thought he'd find a place probably on the Major League roster and would definitely, if he didn't, be up pretty quickly and would be pitching well at AAA. But he didn't make the big league roster out of spring training, and he's gotten hit around a lot at AAA Norfolk. So yeah, maybe he didn't earn this spot right now. But when you have a guy who you know only had 29 and two-thirds big league innings coming in, had been a top 30 Orioles prospect in most outlets pretty much since he got drafted in 2017, really until this year, Fangraphs dropped him off that list. Had some major league experience last year where you didn't see enough to make a full determination, but you also saw some bad flashes and some good flashes. A guy who's still on the 40-man roster and is still prospect eligible at this point, even though he is 26, and is frankly a left-handed pitcher, which you can never get enough of those. You have to give him more chances. And I totally get the argument that this wasn't the time to give him a chance. Let him figure it out a little more in AAA this year. Let him string together at least a couple of average to to above average starts before you call him up. I get that. But when you have this spot where he's the easiest choice to make, you just need a guy to pitch some bulk innings. He, He makes you really not have to do much roster shuffling at all to get him up here. You still need to give these guys a chance to show what they can do. You know, I've talked about on this podcast and many have argued, you know, why is Chris Owings, you know, why are Kelvin Gutierrez and Rugnado Odor getting all these chances when you need to see what you have from Ryland Bannon as he gets older? You need to see what you have from Tyler Nevin. You need to see what you have from guys like Ryan McKenna. As they, you know, get older, you just need to see what you've got from them in the big leagues. A guy like Zach Lowther, although a little older, he falls into that category too. I get that he was up last year, but it was less than 30 innings. That's a tiny sample size in the big leagues. And for a guy who has pedigree in the minors, great minor league numbers, a career 3.02 minor league ERA for the Orioles in just shy of 400 innings, which includes what's been a disaster so far this year in AAA in 28 innings. It's still a 3.02 ERA. It was a sub-3 ERA coming into this year in the minors. And he was a high draft pick. And he's been on your prospect list. It hasn't gone great recently, but you got to give him a chance because At the end of the day, the O's are playing better, but they're still in the rebuild. They are not a playoff team. They're not a team that's going to finish above 500 here in 2022. You still got to give Lowther that chance. And he got that chance, and I get it didn't work. He did retire 12 of the last 14 batters he faced. He gave the Orioles 16 big outs to save the bullpen. It was really tough to watch early Tuesday. He settled in a lot more later in the game. And he's probably going to get optioned and might even get DFA'd after this because it was so bad early. But at the end of the day, you got to give these guys chances. And sometimes they're going to fail like this. And that's okay because that's what the rebuild 
is about, and I get, I get that you want to make better decisions on players and only bring up the better players at this point in the rebuild, not just everybody. I'm on board with that. But Lowther showed that he had something in the tank in the big leagues last year. And despite the struggles at AAA, you got to give him another chance to at least show you that, hey, maybe I still have something or maybe he's done. Keegan Aiken looked done last year. Dean Kramer looked done last year. Aiken's now a bullpen ace and Kramer hasn't allowed a run on rehab. He's going to be back in the big leagues soon enough for the Orioles. Maybe Lowther could be like that. Maybe he won't, but you got to give him the chance to at least do it. You can't just give up on guys who were prospects on your 40-man roster during a rebuild. You can't do it. That's not the way you can operate at this point. And yes, he has a better chance now of maybe being DFA'd because they gave him the chance and because the Orioles are further along in the big leagues, or in the rebuild, I should say. I totally get that, but you got to give him that chance. And yeah, it didn't go great, but it's a chance I would give Zach Lowther Again, if if you reran, you know, Tuesday's pitching plan, I would give it to Zach Lowther again. I wish Grayson Rodriguez were in the bigs already and had been there for two weeks and could have just started that game. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So when you're in that spot, you give it to Zach Lowther. It didn't work. He goes back to AAA, tries to figure it out. Maybe he gets DFA'd. You move on. But you got to give guys who are on your 40-man, they're taking up 40-man spots. You can't just have them sit in AAA. Especially during a rebuild, you got to figure out what you have with every single guy. And that includes Zach Lowther, even if he's struggling at AAA. And, and, and that's it, what you got to do. And sometimes they're going to perform poorly. And part of figuring it out is figuring out which guys are good, but also figuring out which guys aren't going to be a piece. And you can move on from them once you give them the chance. But you have to give them the chance first. You can't just send guys off the 40-man roster in AAA. That's, that, that's just a bad way to do it especially during this part of the rebuild. But we will see if Zach Lowther gets another chance. I would assume he's probably going back to AAA, and we'll see another pitcher in the Oriole bullpen. For Wednesday night's game against Seattle, when the O's try and even up the series, Robbie Ray is back at Camden Yards. The 2021 AL Cy Young winner who uh, had a fun time with Brandon Hyde last year will pitch against the Orioles. And Kyle Bradish coming off a couple of rough starts uh, will try and turn it around against Seattle on Wednesday night. But I'll be back with you here on the pod tomorrow. Back on Thursday, we'll recap all the action from Game 2 between the Orioles and the Mariners. And we'll take a look at Ramon Arias, who after a really slow start to the season after a good 2021 finally heating up for the O's. And Ben Palmer is going to join us, who wrote a good article about Ramon Arias over at Baltimore Sports and Life about you know why his numbers are what they are this year and what could be coming next for Ramon. Well, Ramon's starting to break out, and Ben Palmer is going to join us to talk about why that is. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.